In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may our attitude and spirit be like that of Samuel, who said, Speak, O Lord, your servant hears. Amen. You may be seated. A missing child is a terrible ordeal for any parent. You can only imagine the stress of such parents who desperately hope to see their missing child again while also beating themselves up for being so careless. These days, this type of event also involves talking to the police and maybe child protection services, which only adds to the stress. This was the situation of Mary and Joseph and their little boy Jesus when he got lost. Only there was no police or social services, and certainly no echoing of Amber Alerts. But there was still the worried and desperate hope of finding their son, as well as the feeling of guilt that they had been terrible parents for misplacing him. Yet after missing him for four days, Mary and Joseph found their son, in of all places, the Holy Temple, dialoguing with the rabbis and the other religious authorities present. And when his mother asked him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Jesus' reply was profound. He said, Why were you looking for me? Do you not know that I must be in my father's house? What in the world did Jesus mean by this? Jesus here seems distant as if he's clearly on a different level than his parents. Mary and Joseph didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Jesus knows things that they don't, and he's only a 12-year-old boy. But more than that, he's also God, too. Christ has a distinct human nature and a divine nature all in one person. And here that means that the divine attribute of being omnipotent, or being all-knowing, is still in play. Now, there's little doubt that Mary and Joseph knew that their boy was special. Both had received angelic visitors, as did the shepherds who showed up at his birth. And if that wasn't enough to convince them, Simeon and Anna started prophesying when he was only eight days old, followed then by at least three magi who showed up with some very expensive gifts after claiming to have seen his star in the east. And yet... They still didn't understand here in the temple. And who could blame them? Even most seminarians have a hard time keeping straight the minute details of the communication of attributes. With fancy Latin terms such as genus idiomaticum, genus apostolismaticum, and genus myostaticum. And if you want to know what those are, come speak to myself or pastor after service. But nerdy dogmatics aside, Jesus' response to his distressed parents could have gotten him some spankings, or at least get him grounded for a month. But Jesus wasn't trying to be a smart aleck with these words. But can you imagine how his answer could have been taken by his parents? Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Yet, Despite all their distress and anguish in searching for their missing son, Mary and Joseph do not spank Jesus, nor do they ground him. We are told in their return home to Nazareth that his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. 
Mary didn't seek an immediate answer to her questions about her son. But she once again trusted, trusted God as she did when the angel Gabriel told her that she was going to have the baby Jesus despite being a virgin. She trusted God, even though she didn't see the bigger picture. And this is our task too, beloved, to trust despite not seeing everything. Now, I understand this is difficult. We just entered a new year, 2024, and for all of its excitements and great possibilities, there's still a lot of things unknown and, well, rather frightening. Case in point, we have a presidential election, primaries and all, all this year. And in our current political climate, this election will probably put a lot of people on edge. And even though we just started a new year about a week ago, many of us have no doubt still have baggage from yesteryear or many yesteryears that still hasn't gone away. Many still suffer from long-term sicknesses with no end in sight. Many others have less than ideal family dynamics going back decades or more, and they too have no peace in sight. And many of us make New Year's resolutions saying, New Year, new me. We're going to lose weight. We're going to take up a new hobby. Or we're going to get involved in church or the community. But come a few weeks from now, it'll be same stuff, different year. We'll let our gym memberships lapse and our exercise equipment collect dust. We'll soon say, I'm too busy, or I'm too tired to take on any other commitments. Our motivation will become demotivation, and we'll wallow in failure. And in all of this, Jesus may seem distant. But I tell you, my friends, much as he was to Mary and Joseph, Jesus isn't that far from you. In his temple, now behold him. Jesus is here. He is present here in word and sacrament. He may seem distant, but he is always near. He is the focus of the gift of faith which he has given you. And you see him now in faith, as did Mary and Joseph. For instance, Christ is bodily present in the sacraments of the altar here not merely spiritually present or just symbolically present. Jesus even said, This is my body, and this is my blood. There's no word games here. Is means is, especially when God is talking. Furthermore, St. Paul rhetorically asked in 1 Corinthians 10, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Well, yeah, they are. Duh. Okay, then. How does Jesus become present? How does true body and blood become found in, with, and under bread and wine? Well, he speaks his word, in this case through Pastor Jewel, and it's done. Just like creation, when God only spoke and things came to be. Okay, but once he speaks, how does this happen? It's a mystery. 
The Roman Catholics have proposed transubstantiation, and others have proposed consubstantiation. But at the end of the day, there's no fancy philosophical or metaphysical answer found in the Bible. That's the mystery of the sacrament. And so we may not understand the intricacies, the nitty-gritty details of how his word makes him become present on the altar. But Jesus makes it clear that he is present. And his word is enough for us to know that when we partake in Holy Communion, we receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of faith. And this sort of trust is true in many other aspects of Christian life. But all the same, you can trust Jesus. Like his mother Mary, you can trust that Jesus will see you through this life, even though you don't have the bigger picture with the fine details before you. You can trust Jesus even though you're panicked with school or work or the problems of this world or that winter weather event or just life in general. He has given you his word and, through the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith to trust him no matter what distress or anguish you face. Jesus has told you time and again and will continue to tell you that he has won our redemption. He has tied you, beloved, to that promise, and he will certainly hold up his end of that promise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.